For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. Welcome back to the College Point Index, and I'm with my buddy here, Chad Clark, the biggest troll in the world, wearing a Michigan hat. Michigan How you doing? Pole. You survive all the, the, the bad weather yesterday? Yeah, we actually had a tornado touchdown not too far from uh, from our house, so um, everybody's uh, everybody's good, no damage. Uh, but Panama City got hit pretty hard down here oh, did yesterday. It? Yeah. Gotcha. No. All right. Well, I'm glad everything was good for you. So, well, uh, we got a lot to discuss. Michigan won that championship. And um, Nick Saban just retired. Best, so, kind of crazy. Best, uh, best college coach of all time, but I think it was the right timing for, for, for coach. Yeah. So, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's the right time, but, it, you know, it is his time. So, I'm kind of shocked. You know, I guess when you're 72, you shouldn't be shocked, but I just felt like he's a spry 72, but good for him. Um, but anyways, what do you want to start with first? We got Rick Butler coming on. We got the top, the er, the way too early, my way too early top 20. Uh, Rick Butler is going to possibly have a top 20 as well. So you want to start an ass championship game or Saban retiring? Let's go, let's go with, uh, with Coach Saban. You know, probably one of the best college coaches of all time. If not, you know, him and Bear Bryant, you know, um, competing for each other, I think. But I, I, Nick was probably the best college football coach of all time. Yeah, when I think of Nick Saban, I, I think of two things. I think I, I think of the ass chewings to assistance, and and I think of evolution. You know, the guy started winning championships with defense and, and power eye offense and being conservative and one ended up winning national championships with, with – you know, quarterbacks like Mac Jones and Tua and, you know, switch to to spread offenses. And so evolution. The other thing is he was never afraid to make the key decision. Remember that championship game? He benched Jalen Hurts, went to Tua. I don't know many coaches would do that. There, there are probably only two or three coaches in college football that would do that, right? I mean, I can't see a lot of guys benching their starting quarterback in that championship game. and But he did, and he helped win a national championship. So uh, I think he was incredible. You know, I'm kind of sad by it. You sad a little bit? It's yeah, because you, you know what? It's it's the end of an era. You right. Know, it, it, it's the guys it. that we've all, you know, kind of followed and, and, and kind of grew up with. And, and you know, he was with the Browns in the early 90s under Belichick. So he kind of had that connection. He played at Kent State. He had that connection to Ohio, uh, which I love. And, um, you know, he went up to Michigan State. He was coaching Toledo. You know, he was the head coach at uh, University of Toledo, right, uh, you know, 40 minutes from where we grew up, coach. And, uh, you know, so he always had those Ohio ties. So I always kind of rooted for um, for Coach Saban, you know. And, um, and uh, he had a hell of a career. It's, it's sad. But, uh, you know, it's time for the for the next person to, to uh, you know, jump in there and take Bama, keep Bama to where they've been, what, the last, what was it, 14 years I mean, his record was just was just crazy. Or was okay. it seventeen years? Seventeen years, 
Um, his record six national championships. Yeah, seven That's total, right? Seven total seven with his, total, his one with LSU. LSU. Yeah. yeah, so seven national championships. I mean, um, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, I think in the last five years, I appreciated him more. I think he mellowed a little bit. And what I mean was, I remember when he first started winning Alabama, he, you know, he seemed miserable all the time, where he seemed to at least lighten up a little bit, you know, and, and I seemed to appreciate him in the last five, six years a little more. And, and, um, and you know, the other thing about Nick is you guys, guys respect is he was always like, he was never, never, never you know, let's talk about the guy. He just won an ass championship. He, you hear no, no scandals with Nick Saban, right? Very. I mean, I. I mean, I think there were there was nothing recruiting. There was never really any, you know, no scandals at all with with Saban. The other thing is, I always felt like he respected his opponents. He never like was disrespectful to his opponents. You know, he was always respectful. That's a great team over there. Blah 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 blah. So no, I. 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 I you know, in a way, I, I appreciate it. You know, the flip side is. I feel like you're an SEC team. You are popping champagne bottles right now. I mean, think about it. I mean, Alabama ain't going to win six titles in 15 years in the next two or three games. And, Coach, it's always it's going to be a lot tougher for any team. To, that You know, the road to a national championship is so much harder now with this 12-game playoff. Yeah, you're going to make it. Like, or isn't uh, it because you get more shots? So, if you're you Bama, get, you know, yeah, in down you years, you still get in and make a shot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, you get the opportunity to get in, but just think about, you know, his first what four national championships. He only had to win one game to get there, right? I mean, that's I think it was four. I think his first four. I want to say, yeah, because it's, it's... when they beat Notre Dame in the and that was what twenty twelve. Right, so he won a national championship in nine, eleven. 12. 12. So three. Yeah. So he won three before expanded, and then he won uh, uh, three more. Okay. So he won. He won three. Twenty twelve was that Notre Dame where they just slacked us. But uh, um, you know they're going to be able to this. He went. He went two hundred and one and twenty nine at Alabama. I mean that's insane. What's the worst year he had? His worst year was his first year. Okay, six and six, and then after that, he took like, a terrible team. He took over a terrible team. I mean, that team was terrible. Yeah, and so I mean, it just it, it's incredible. I mean, it, it, what he accomplished was it? Was he was able? He was never afraid to fire a coach. They weren't pulling the weight. He'd fire and move on, and he just like he was relentless. Really, you know, he was a great coach and. Uh, his coaching tree, he's got a big coaching tree, too. I mean, there's oh, so yeah. many. Kirby, Lane, you know, there's tons out there, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's it, it's incredible. What what an incredible run for him. And, you know, it's going to be different, you know. And, and I and I don't think, you know, Alabama's going to have to realize now, you know, you guys went through the greatest run ever. Like, you're welcome to reality. That's all I'm going to say. Welcome to reality. You know, your 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 boy Brian Kelly right now. He's he he's pouring some wine like, "Yeah, get out of there." You know, get out of there. Yeah. You, you, I will, yeah, I will say you this. You down the roads drinking a couple beers tonight like, "Yeah, buddy, get out of here." <laughs> I, I will say this. I hope cuz coach Saban does have a great personality. He's got that dry sense of humor. I think he's funny as hell. I hope he just doesn't disappear. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him replace Corso on game day. 
I, 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 I think he'd be great on TV. I don't think they're ever going to replace Corso just because Corso, like everybody, you know, Corso wants to keep doing it. You know, Corso wants yeah, but to keep his, his time is really only, he's only on there for like a half an hour now. So well, I think you could, yeah, I, I get rid of Pat McAfee and put him on there in a second. Yeah, but McAfee, McAfee and Saban are pretty tight. So I could, I could see, I could see them sliding Coach Saban in there. I would not be shocked. I mean, honestly, they're going to pay him ten million dollars, probably the same as Bob what he was coaching to to be on TV somewhere. Oh, Fox he'd be great on TV for sure. I mean, I I, yeah. I think he'd be great on TV. Uh, we've seen him on TV, you know, a couple times when he did national championships. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I, I think he's probably done coaching. You know, oh, um, absolutely. Let's let's talk about Coach Lau. I want to throw some names out here. You know, the the gambling sites have been have been pretty quick to get uh, the 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 favorites up here to be the next Alabama uh, head football coach. And uh, let's just say that would have run. You know, it's one of the most storied you know storied uh, university college football teams of all time. Um, number one, you called this right away. Dan Landing, three to one. You like that? You take that three to one bet. Yeah, I I think Dan Lanning's got a good chance. He he's been in the SEC as a coordinator at Georgia. He's a recruiter. He's a good coach. I really like what he's done in Oregon. I think it's a slam dunk hire. I I would like that hire a lot. And then you got Dabo Lane Kiffin, and here's a wild card: Deion Sanders, six to one. Okay, now I'm not sure that's uh, a fit. This is not on the betting odds, and I know he wouldn't take it. But wouldn't you, Alabama, call Kirby up? I, I know Kirby's going to turn him down. Just call him up. Hey, Kirby, we love you. Come to Alabama. What do you want? And he'll go, no, thank you. I'm a Georgia grad. I love it here. I mean, would you at least make the phone call or am I crazy? Yeah, I would. And I was thinking that, too, when he when he jumped just to show that he can win in two, diff two different spots. All right, here's here's some interesting ones. Urban Meyer, 10 to 1. No, I don't. I, Urban's done. He's done coaching. Okay. He's done. I I, I, I Billy think I I, I think fourteen to one. He was a safe assistant. Okay, right now, who who would you think has a better chance to get it, Dabo Sweeney or Lane Kiffin? I think Dabo right now. I think he's the hotter name. But but Dab the problem with Dabo is he just hasn't evolved with the NIL and the transfer portal. They're not. They're, they're they're not going to want him. They're gonna to want to splash. I don't know if Dan Landing's a splash name for Bam. I know they're saying that he's the, he's the, he's the. No, he couldn't be one. He lost to Washington twice this year. I mean, what, what the hell's Dan Landing? Well, I, I think that you know he's a young guy and, he, and he, he's recruited well. Uh, he's a he, assistant, he's right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's still young in his coaching career. I mean, I think he's a good coach. What about this? What about? Hey, I got a name for you. What about Mike Norvell? Mike Norvell is sixteen to one. Like Mike Norvell is a type that, like, hey, your team got screwed out of the playoff. You know, you go undefeated at Bama, you're always going to be in. You know, you know. Uh, I'm sure he's making good money, but he make you know life changing money. He's a good offensive coach. He always produces good offensive coaches. Coach, he turned around Florida State. I think that would be a good hire. I I tell you what, like they're going to be. It's going to get real interesting the next couple of weeks because I was just reading that that if they didn't submit some something the way they submitted their NIL, uh, their national letter of intent, like a lot of those kids can, can get out of their national letter of intent right now. The, kid already, the one kid already did, the, the number nine recruit in the country. Yeah, he yeah. didn't sign it. 
So yeah. well, other kids can get out of it. And then the other thing is, I think because he's retiring, they open a special 30 days, 30 day transfer portal window. So it, it's going to be crazy to see what happens that roster. So they got to make you know, a quick decision. They're not this. They're not going to sit on this. They're going to have a head coach. Uh, they're going to have to get this done in the next day or two, like like within like within a week. Yeah, no, coach. I think by by Monday they are, they have a coach. All right, couple more names here. Pat Shermer, nine to one. He's a top five. He's a top six favorite. Your boy Pat, the old Cleveland Browns coach. Why would they hire him? Did he did he did he go to Bama? I don't know. Uh, Ryan Day, twenty to one. No, Day's not going there. Okay, what else? Mike Shula, twenty-two to one, twenty-eight to one. No, you're joking. Now you're making up stuff. I'm not making this up. Who's Mike Shula? It's uh, Don Shula's son. I think he used to coach there in the. Who? Who's he did? The... He's still coaching somewhere. I guess maybe assistant. All right, I I don't know. I I, I think. Marcus my, my, Freeman, twenty-two to one. I, I did see Freeman's name floated out there. I don't think Notre Dame would be as lucky to have him, you know, get the Bama job. I, I don't think he's going. I, I, I think it's landing. I think it's landing. Dabble. How here's one. D'Amico Ryan's hot name right now. He's an NFL guy. What about Vrabel? I saw Vrabel throwing out there. I think Vrabel's an NFL guy too. I, I think Rabel. I think Rabel coach anything. He's a he's a sale. He, he's a Rabel's a football. He's a football. Guy. I don't care if he's coaching high school, college, or or pro. He's fifty to one. By the way, Rabel is. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I it's going to be interesting. I, I do think Lanning might get it. You know, and Oregon just like if if he would leave Oregon, Oregon like what do we do? I don't, we just I don't, think, I don't think Lanning's getting it. That's my personal opinion. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, you know, I was told a long time ago that every AD in America has three or four coaches. All the big ADs always have three or four coaches in their drawers just in case that they're ready to, you know, the pounce on the next hire. They don't have everybody on staff for sure. I mean, if Sark would have stayed, maybe. What about Sark? I don't think Sark's he's, on, he's, on, he's on there. He's a top. Uh, they have him as like a top 15 guy. Um, he's 35 to 1. I would not rule okay. out Deion Sanders. I would not rule out Deion. Him and him and Coach Saban are tight. They are tight. They do all those Affleck commercials together. Um, they speak. He speaks very highly of Deion. Deion. That's just my I'm opinion. Just, he's got. He's already got two two solid coordinators on him. I mean, I'm right, asking. Let me ask you this. Okay. Am I? I said as Texas, my friend. I said I think LSU and Georgia are probably better jobs than Alabama. No. Georgia's great. Alabama's a great job, but LSU is a great job, and so is Georgia. I think that they're all pretty close, but I, I read Nick Saban's book, actually. It was, well, Phil Savage wrote it. It's called Fourth and Goal Every Day or something like that. Um, and Saban said for years he thought Georgia was the best job in America because there's so much ta more talent. There's so much talent in Georgia, even more than Alabama. You can just gobble it up. Um, so I don't know, but I mean, Alabama's still a great job. It's just they're not gonna win six national championships 15 years again. Ain't gonna, no, nobody, nobody, nobody will, yeah, nobody, nobody will. maybe no rain, but that's about it. <laughs> All right, so we'll see. Greatest head coach in college football history retired, and now we'll see. And the next let's, week, we'll find out who replaces him.
Yeah, let's go to the let's go to the I, I, I next do, time. I do. Wait, real quick though. Three years ago it would have been Dabble slam dunk. Oh, 100 percent I mean he we it everybody used to say rating. He played there. Was he a walk-on wide receiver? I mean, they loved him, and and, and now I, I think Dabble's lost any mojo he's got. He's lost it. Yeah. All right, let's get to that championship. Uh, Michigan thirty-four, Washington thirteen. Um, it was closer than that. It was, you know, that that final score. Final score doesn't say how close that actually was, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was just. It's just Michigan. I mean, it just wasn't Washington's night, um, and a lot of it was Michigan who did it. You know, I really thought, I really thought Washington had some chances when it was twenty to thirteen. I was like, all the if they get one big pass play and make it twenty twenty, it could you know could be like a tight game. But they kept remember that you know it was so it was twenty to thirteen forever, and they kept going at a couple first downs punt. And I was like, I was like, after they punted the last time, I was like, I think they're in trouble. It was like eventually Michigan was going to break that dam. You know, eventually Michigan was going to if you didn't score. Like, like I, I'm not blaming the Washington defense. They played really well after allowing thir- 17 points in the first quarter. You know, they really calmed down and played great football. And it was like they needed that play. You know, Penix missed uh, Aduze. That was kind of a miscommunication. It was a cover two. So, you know, Aduze should have kept running the route. And if he catches that, he probably scores. But, you know, you got to get – and Michigan's defense was the best defense all year. And, you know – we talked, we talked about this. Mentor is a great defense coordinator. You know, I think what I came away with in, in these two playoff games, everybody talks about their front. The front's unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. It's the, it's but the secondary. That might have been their DBs were awesome. Their they were DBs. Awesome they were yeah, awesome. Their, their DBs, those are three NFL receivers for Washington. Three. And I think one's going to go in the first round, one's going to go in the second round. Like, like they are three legit NFL receivers. Dunze is a top 15 pick. And they shut him down, you know. And Penix at times had time. I mean, he got beat up a little bit. But they just – they weren't open a lot. So so great job by Michigan. They deserved that uh, they played better than Washington, even though it was a closer game than that. But they ran away with that then. I thought it was closer than that score, but I never thought – after the first six minutes that Michigan was going to lose. There was, there, was not, there was not one second I was like, oh, if Washington scores here, Michigan's, you know, I think they're going to win. No, I, I think Michigan I think Michigan just played that type of control, didn't really try to do too much, knew they were going to win the game, and then they're just waiting for Washington's mistakes. And, and lo and behold, you know, they showed in the fourth and made a couple of mistakes, and Michigan pounced, and, and then – be in what a 21 point game or whatever the hell it was, and it just, um, yeah. I mean, I Michigan was the much better team, I thought. Um, offense, defense, special teams, and uh, you know, Harbaugh got his first uh national championship three three playoffs in a row, and the third one's a charm, yeah. They won it all. Um, uh, well, you know, well deserved to Michigan, you know, and um, yeah, I mean. I know you you probably disagree, but you know, I was thinking, you know, who Harbaugh reminds me of a little bit, reminds me of Urban a little bit, because you know, no matter what Urban did, there was always something swirling around him, right? There was all the all the Florida guys were in trouble, Ohio State. It was he was always you know the health things and the Zach Smith things and all this, There's a, and that's Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy got he's the only head coach probably ever to win an S championship. He gets suspended six games. 
one for recruiting violations, one for this this uh, the other scandal with with this, this stealing signals. So it's just it it, it it's a fascinating thing. Polarizing you're right. They're both polarizing too. That's what I mean. They're polarizing like, guys, and and then you know for for three or four years, you know he he's been flirting with the NFL. He I forgot he went he went to the was it last year or the year before he. He went and interviewed with the NFL team on signing day. I mean, just like, like he, he's yeah. always done this weird stuff. I mean, he took his team to Italy when it was kind of a rule, kind of not satellite camps. He just always kind of bent the rules, kind of always just swirling stuff. You know, Michigan fans will always love him, and he brought him back to paradise. I'm not saying that, but it, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, just similar to like an urban. Like there's always this stuff floating in the air, and I mean, he found it. You know, I, I said it, I think, in the last podcast. He, during the COVID season, he hit rock bottom there, two and four. If they had a regular season, they're probably winning four games. They were awful. And he just said, screw it. He cleaned house. He goes, we're going back to my roots on offense. We're going to go with a more power-based offense. And he, he called his brother up, and his brother gave him a good D.C., McDonald, who's now the D.C. at the Ravens. He came over for one year. Then Mentor came in to replace him. And it's like it, and like it changed everything. He flipped it. It took him a while to find his identity, I think. And he did, you know, during the COVID year and, you know, and he led them back. And if you're Michigan and if let's say he takes an NFL job, I mean, you still feel great because he left the, the program a lot better than what it was. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think one of those two coordinators will probably get the job if, if he does leave. Um, he is the, he is the betting favorite to go to the, to go to the chargers, um, to take that, to take that position there. And, uh, and, uh, I guess we'll probably see he's not going to leave Michigan high and dry. So I'm assuming when he commits to a team in the NFL, they'll already have their, their coach, you know, hired with them the next day, kind of that, that urban Ryan day type of thing. You know, the next person will be taken over pretty much that same day. And, I think you got to give it to Sean Moore. You got to give him a shot. I mean, he did go six and oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's the one who's right the ship when when you know during the game. I know I know Coach Harbaugh was able to to be there during practice and all the game planning. Um, you know, you, you get to your offensive play caller. Um, you know, I yeah, we'll see what happens. But you know, maybe you know, I I saw somewhere where Stephen Ross, the 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 Dolphins uh, uh, owner, is worth like fifteen billion dollars, and he doesn't want he doesn't want Coach to leave and. I don't think it's a money thing with Coach Harpaul. I I, no. I truly believe he wants to win a Super Bowl. You know, he's 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 tasted it. We talked about this last week. You know, there's there's only a handful of guys that have ever won a national championship and a Super Bowl as the head coach, and and one just retired today, and Pete Carroll, who's probably going is who's a Hall of Famer, um, and you know, Jim probably wants to get that. Yeah, and I think it's you know it's, it's great Johnson. it's great timing. Like I said last week, it's great timing. You're losing did those two teams. What? Did Jimmy Johnson win a national championship with Miami? Yeah, he did. So he won a Super Bowl and a national championship too. Yeah. So Pete Carroll, Jimmy Johnson, Paul Paul Brown won a national championship and a um. And a NFL team, NFL team, yeah, but it wasn't a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I, I, you know, I think he's, he, it's not the money, you know. I, I mean, no. they're gonna give him anything he wants. It just he
you know, I think he's not a dummy. No, there's stuff coming in March. There's stuff coming in spring. And this is a once a generational team. They had some some luck with some COVID years, and a lot of those guys came back. And, 43 seniors. And yeah, 43 seniors probably never happen again. And so it, it was a, you know, that's what happens. National championship, it was a like once every whatever, you know, team, and they won it, and good for them. And, um, and you know, it's actually good for the Big Ten when you think about it. Really good for the Big Ten. You think about, like, you know, we've had the Southern boys – dominate college football mm-hmm. you know in you know, the last what 25 years outside of Ohio State two national championships and that's been 10 years now for Ohio State it's been you know it's been Clemson it's been Georgia what has it been 10 years for the Buckeyes already almost 2014 yeah close yeah uh, we're going on a 10 year anniversary this year so so wow. but you, you know it's been Georgia you know Alabama Clemson LSU right you know, Florida State won one, you know, why back with Jimbo, High State won a couple, but like outside that, it's been Southern schools. So if you look at it from a northern, you know, that's huge for Michigan. They were down for so long. And you know, they were and like honestly, I hope that gives all the all the ADs out there, you know, all the ADs, sometimes patience. Gave him a massive pay cut. He figured it out. I mean, he was close to getting fired. I mean, really was that he COVID year? Too, but if he wasn't a Michigan alum, I think he was gone. Yes, I agree. If he wasn't a Michigan alum and a great player there, yeah. So uh, I think he's player. probably first fired. First round pick player. I mean, he's a he was a first round pick. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it was like, you know, it, it was uh, uh, Jim David, who never played there. He would have been fired after like four or five years, but they stuck with them. And then, you know, that's why sometimes you got to be patient. I know sometimes you can't, I get it. Like in this world, it's so hard to be patient, but like, sometimes it does pay off to be patient. Um, and you know, I, and these, I gotta these, get... have ca- these have caused a lot of non-patient people. He's right here. Phones. Yep. I agree. I, I, I agree hundred percent. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. If you're him, would you go to the Chargers or Redskins? Because Redskins got the number two pick. You take Drake I'm, May. I'm not familiar with the Redskins. I only know the Commanders. Commanders. Um, no, I don't think he's got time. I, I think if he wants to win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years, I think he goes to the Chargers. They got they got the, and you got to remember, Coach. They got the the fifth or sixth pick. So they got a top six or seven pick. They got Herbert. Proven guy, um, decent defense, some guys, you know, the Bosa, um, some guys you can kind of build around. And, um, you know, with his with his pedigree as a coach, man, he's – listen, I know it took some time at, at, at Michigan, but I sent you, like, his – you know, he won at Stanford. He won at San Diego. His record, he won the three NFC championships games at, at the 49ers. He is a hell of a football coach. And he will win in the NFL again. I don't know if he'll win a Super Bowl. Those are tough to come by. Um, but you know, I think he's going to give it a shot. And if he doesn't this year, I don't think he's ever going. If he doesn't go this year, he's not going at all. I, I think it's like a slam dunk. Everybody's been saying it's like the, you know, we'll we'll see. We will find out in the next week. Week, you know, it won't be much longer. He's not going to put them in a tough tough situation. And and um, once these coaches start start getting hired in the NFL, it won't take very long. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um. Any other comments on that championship? 
No, I, you know, I thought it was just an okay game. Uh, I wasn't, it wasn't like the Rose Bowl um, where, you know, I was kind of on the edge of my seat, you know, the whole game going back and forth. And maybe that was the lore of, you know, Bama versus Michigan, two blue bloods. I'm not saying Washington's not, but just, you know, not now knowing what Saban's potential last game, I thought, you know, makes it even more that, that bigger. And, um, you know, like I said, after the first three minutes, I didn't really, I never thought Washington was going to win. They went down and drove down the field. I was like, it gets over. I'm yeah, watching. They really went through. was like, it's not over. I go, it's over. I go, it was my biggest fear. They ran right down the field on them, a couple passes, and it was like, right down the I was like, it's over. And, 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 they ran away from them. Edward, Edward ran away from them, too. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like, no, it wasn't no, even I like know. he broke like six times. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing about it is, um, Washington. You know, they got their first drive, and I think they went like three and out. And I was like, it just like Washington had chances. They just, Michigan just shut them down every time. Yeah. They shut them down. I didn't think JJ McCarthy was very good. He missed some throws in the the second half. He didn't have to be, really. I mean, he just was like, I'm just saying, like, like, yeah, just don't turn it over. It, 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 you know, I was listening to podcast. It's going to be fascinating in the NFL draft. Because it's going to really, you know, the top three set. It, it, it's Caleb Drake, maybe Drake over Caleb, and then it's it, Jane Daniels is the third quarterback, and then it's going to be the debate yeah. that the fourth spot is going to be between McCarthy and Penix. McCarthy's more the athletic guy that can run, but then not a polished passer. Penix is the guy that is a polished passer, but has two ACLs and can't really run it anymore. So it's going to be fascinating to see. The other thing is, you know, when you think about Penix. Penix is twenty three, about to be twenty four. JJ McCarthy's twenty. That's yeah, a yeah, big yeah. difference in age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, that's like Herbert when Herbert came out, he was twenty, and you're just like more like. And Trevor was twenty. Trevor Lawrence was twenty years old. You remember yeah, those yeah. guys are only those guys are only twenty four, twenty five. They're the same age as Penix. So it's like mm, you know, it's just yeah. I was looking up the other day. Lamar's only twenty six. I was like, what? Lamar seems like he's been here forever. He's only yeah. twenty six. I'm like, these guys are so young. You're right, and it's like. You know, experience matters and stuff. Um, but man, you, you know, at least McCarthy. McCarthy's got a long way to go. You know, and, I, and he's, I, young. I, he's so young. I think so. I think McCarthy's a good college quarterback. I don't, I don't see like, and I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's a, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't think there's any question of it. But I just don't see that translating to the next level. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I think I agree. I just don't think he's a consistent enough passer. Like the one time they ran like a fourth and four, and they ran like a speed out, and like you got to like one two bam get it on him, and he like came late and it was knocked away. It was just like like I, I don't see the enough consistent passing, and, 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 and that's what you know. McShay made a good point. McShay said he's a hard evaluation because they're offense too. Because they don't ask him to do a lot either, you know. How yeah. would he look at Washington's offense? I I don't know, but I don't. I agree. I don't see it. And Penix, I you know I like, but Penix is kind of like Tua, like 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 you better get you better get an old good old line because he's not going to be able to move around much. You better have a yeah. great old line around him. So and I will I will say, Coach, that I don't think Jamie McCarthy is like a Josh Allen type either, where he's like six five two forty can run. No, like he's not huge. He's not, he's not huge. Yeah, it's just like who is he? Who who does he remind you of? And like, is he as good as Matt Ryan? I don't think so. Like, I I don't know. We I don't know. 
it's he's been coached up by Harbaugh. Can he be, you know, something like an Andrew Locke? I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. All right. Um, Rick Butler just texted me. He's gonna be a little late, but let's get into my way too early top twenty. Why I say way too early is like what just happened with Saban. What just happened with Jim Harbaugh? There's still a lot of things happen. We still have a second transfer portal window in April. Uh, we have coaches going to the NFL. We could have a scandal. Uh, you know, we, we still don't know all the NFL guys yet. So this is way too early. <laughs> I, I don't even – oh, man. I, I just looked at who I had number two. I don't even think that's a good one. But we'll leave it for now. So here's my top five. I'll just say my top five, and you tell me where I'm at. I have Georgia one, Alabama two, Texas three, Ohio State four, Oregon five. And it could change already. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, obviously, if Oregon, if Landing takes the Bama job, I don't think Bama will be as good. Um, that's the highest that I've seen Ohio State. Um, yeah, I see more the, six, six to eight, six or seven. Yeah, I saw I, I saw like three or four sevens in, in most mocks. I mean, that's that's the homerism in you, the wish is fine. That's only a couple spots. I could see that. I, I went. Wait, I hold, 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 hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! All right. Will Howard, Keyshawn Jenkins, Donovan Jackson, Seth McLaughlin, Will Carmack, uh, Jack Sawyer, Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, Denzel Burke, Lathan Ransom. Those are people coming back or Ohio State's addition in the last week. They are okay. they are kind of like Michigan. They're bringing back. I, I, before the year, I thought Jack Sawyer, DN, was gone. I thought Denzel Burke was gone. I think Travion Henderson's coming back. I think Abuka's coming back, and I thought they were all going pro. I don't think Henderson is. I don't right. think Henderson is, and I think that I think that's why I think that's why they're going on and get these running backs. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, if not, it's fine because they got Junkins and they got Dallin Hayden, who I love. But no, I I, I think maybe I'm a little bit. I I'm really bullish on this Ohio State team. They're bringing back so many people. Ryan Day is fires special fine, teams. Ryan. Thank God. And uh, there's a lot of rumors out there he might hire an OC and give up play calling. I want him to give up play calling. It's too much to and do. Hart, and Hartline's not going to. Hartline's not going to be that guy. No, but they're going to keep him. Obviously, he's not going anywhere. But or, or, really? I, I don't know. I think he, he wants to experience up? OC. What's up? If he gets passed up, yeah, he's not going anywhere. But he loves it there, man. I'm telling you, he loves it there. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think Ohio State's gonna be really good. So um Oregon, you know, we don't know now with Lanning, but you know, if, if Lanning stays at Oregon, they're gonna be really good. I like D Dylan Gabriel, heck of a quarterback. Uh, and they, they got a really good team coming back. So Texas with yours, and they're you know, they're losing some guys to the pros, but they, they should be really good. Um, you know, Agreed. Georgia is loaded, you know, they'll be right there again with Kirby. Um all right, six through ten. I got Ole Miss. You know they lot. They're they're bringing a lot back, and they they loaded up in the portal. Missouri seven. I'm a little literally. You know it's hard. It's hard. Everybody thinks you do it. You know you keep doing it, but on paper right now they look good. Florida State eight. You're fighting Irish nine, and I got Michigan ten, which I don't know where to put Michigan. They could have been up, or they could have been lower. That's as low as I've seen them, Coach, because I've seen them anywhere from, like, two to five. Like, no, none of them have a one. But, like, because we don't know. I mean, J.J. McCarthy could come back, right? I mean, he's not 100% going. He could. Going. If, if, well, let me ask you this. If if Harbaugh and McCarthy stay, where, where do you slot them in at? 
You keep them at Harbaugh stay. Stay. Yeah. I, I'm putting them top five. Okay. I just assume they both were leaving, and I, they're losing. I think they are. I think they are, but like that's why I put them down. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, what do you think of Notre Dame? Is that, that fair? No, I think I, I've seen anywhere Notre Dame seven to eleven. Basically, you know the three or four polls I've looked at. So seven to eleven. Um, I think. I think. I honestly think. I don't know how how great of a of a game day coach that Marcus Freeman is. He scares me, but I, I love the type of team he's the type, the team and the coaching staff he's building. I think is is something that they can compete for national championships for the next five years. But I, like I said, I don't know what his game day. He scares me. His recruiting, the coaching staff, the culture. I love everything else. I love everything else, coach. So. Well, uh, we'll see. I think nine's. I think nine's about right. We're gonna see right off the bat how good they are because they go down there and play Texas A&M, um, play those Aggies. You know, week one. You should go to it. I gotta go to Texas A&M. That stadium looks unreal. Yeah, when you they sway see, back and yeah. forth. You notice you don't see many. Uh, you don't see many uh, away team uh, fans. In the, you don't. There. You don't. That's true. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? The twelfth fan. The twelfth. That's like that's like us. That's like me and you saying, "No, oh, let's let's go up to Buffalo for the Browns game." Yeah. Don't see yeah. many away uh, team uh, uh, fans going to Buffalo for you know. That's kind of how Texas A and M is. There's some so some stadiums like LSU you don't really want to walk into. Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Um, okay, all right. Then I got you know Michigan. I I, I do. I'm just assuming Harbaugh and McCarthy leave. I mean, I just like it's like I honestly be shocked if he didn't leave. It's just been the biggest rumor ever, and he's he's, he's like he won a championship recruiting. You know, the, the NCAA's hammering him like he's ready to go, and he's probably sick of dealing with the NCA too. I mean, he's like f this crap, you know. So, and Harbaugh doesn't oh, stay in the place long. What's yeah, up? you got in trouble. You got in trouble for buying that kid a cheeseburger. I mean, just I mean, you go to the NFL. I think there's more years. to it. I think there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, that's just one thing, you know, but we'll, we'll see what they say. So, all right, 11 through 15. I got LSU 11, Oklahoma 12. Oh, crap, I forgot I did that. Oh, man, my bad. Sorry, I just realized I did something. Florida State, I moved to 13. <laughs> I screwed this up. I'm trying to multitask too much. Uh, Washington 14, Tennessee 15. What do you think? I Tennessee intrigues me, and I know uh, Rick will be on, but that quarterback, boy, he looked good in that in that bowl game. You know, I think that they're definitely upgraded at the quarterback position. Um, so, you know, Tennessee intrigues me. Um, you know, kind of shocked at you know, how how low you have Florida State. I mean, they've had top. Wait, wait, no, I'm six. sorry, I screwed up. I had Florida State eight, right above Notre Dame. I put it on here twice. I don't know what I was doing. My God. That's what I was going to do. Sorry. This is what I had. I forgot. I looked at my phone. Uh, so I got – let me restart. Sorry. I got LSU 11, Oklahoma 12, N State 13, Washington 14, Tennessee 15. What do you, so you, what do you think Penn State should be? I think that's probably about right. I kind of agree with you on uh, on the quarterback. I don't think – um, 
I don't. He does not impress me. He does not. I didn't see much from him this year. I, the only thing I I like is he doesn't really turn it over. But that's one the only thing he, he did well this year, in my opinion. He doesn't really chuck it deep for sure. He just you know Aller. You know it would be and interesting. Replacing two quarterbacks it, it, or they're replacing both coordinators. I mean that's yeah. you know that's that's tough to do too. And then yeah, LSU. I, I mean, I think this is a make or break year for for. Um, I think this is for Brian Kelly. I really do. Rick Butler doing double duty. Hey, we appreciate you jumping on. And the Vols did they win? I was checking on my Twitter. You know, thank you for they having lost. me on once again. You're right. You're right. A, a last-second loss at Mississippi State. Not that it was a last-second shot or anything, but Tennessee had a big comeback attempt. It fell short. But you're right, doing a little double duty tonight with uh, basketball d- down there in Starkville and also all the football news we can possibly handle over here in our neck of the woods. Hey, wow, what about they, uh, uh, they It was a terrible first half. I mean, for a, for a yeah. top-five team in the country, it was a pitiful first half. But – Comeback short just or comeback attempt just fell short. So what do you that. think the breaking news? Nick Saban stepped down. How incredible, how crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, just wild. It's one of my coworkers tweeted it out, but it really is a where were you when type of moment, right? You're not gonna forget where you were when you saw the news, Nick Saban retiring. Now, I I, I can't say that I saw it coming or anything. But what I do say from just an SEC perspective is that when you go back and you look back at the season in hindsight, you can maybe see some of the breadcrumbs start, uh, you know, start kind of manifesting himself. Nick Saban taking a little bit more time to greet and hang out with the fans than normal. Nick Saban doing the Pat McAfee show, which is way more media relations than he had ever done in his past. Just some of the little things that added up. Now, again, I'm not sure if this was a decision that was made eight months ago eight weeks ago, eight hours ago. I don't know when this decision was made. It could have been a spur of the moment type of thing. But if I had to speculate on anything, and again, I'm not an Alabama beat reporter, so I don't know. But I wonder if just this ever-changing landscape of college football, something that Josh Heupel talked about before the Citrus Bowl was just that there's not a lot of uniformity. There's not a lot of people who are doing the same things or people who are on the same page, especially with NIL and the transfer portal going on. I wonder if maybe Nick Saban just said, hey, look, I'm an old school guy. Football used to be different. And now I'm not only recruiting players on other teams and players in high school, I'm still recruiting the guys on my own team so that they don't leave just to go chase more money. So I wonder if if the game just got a little bit haywire for him. But nonetheless, even as somebody who's followed Tennessee for quite a long time now, you have to tip the hat to, to one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach uh, in college football history for everything he's able to do. How excited are the coaches of the SEC tonight? Are they all popping bottles of champagne? Oh, we got this guy out of here. Yeah, and I think that even some of maybe the former coaches who couldn't get it done either are certainly popping some champagne, popping some bottles. There's a long, there's a laundry list of Tennessee coaches who could not beat Nick Saban that are happy that that monkey is you know, maybe away from the sport at this point. But the people over here are certainly excited. I think that people in the SEC are really excited. But obviously, the better question that comes now is, who's next? Who's it going to be? Who are they going to go get? It could be somebody in the SEC. It could be somebody from outside the conference. But that is certainly the million-dollar question right now for the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
we we ahead, uh, Rick, we talked a little we talked a little earlier about you know some of the names. Um, you know, something that intrigued me, you know, the, you got the Dan Lanning, he's the favorite. Um, Dabo, Kiffin, Deion Sanders is a top five candidate if, as of the gambling sites. Urban Meyer, Billy Napier, Derek Dooley, um, some names. Um, your boy Heupel, he's not on the top 40 names that they have, so <laughs> I don't think he's going to get it. But uh, you know, what, do you think of, what do you think of these? some of these names? Ryan Day, 20 to 1, I mean – any of these are, you know, they're going to be making a lot of calls. And, and with this new landscape, with these guys being able to transfer within, you know, 30 days, of the, I mean, they're going to have to have somebody hired probably the next two, three, four days, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, first and foremost, I don't think it'll be any of the Tennessee coaches that'll be getting a call. Your Jeremy Pruitts, your Butch Joneses, even with their own connections, I don't think their phone's going to be ringing anytime soon. You know, it, it's really interesting because you talk about the landscape, you talk about who they might be able to go get, and you talk about it happening quickly. I completely agree. I think this is something that we sort of see resolved here within the next 72 hours just because Alabama is such a machine. They don't have necessarily time to waste. You've already seen a wide receiver who was a five-star player, one of the top players in the class. He's already decommitted even without knowing anything. Now, I've never been an athlete in college. I've never been on a college football team. But I at least I might want to wait to see who that coach is going to get because you know that if you're Alabama, it's probably going to be somebody good. It's not going to be an experiment. It's not going to be a retread. It's going to be somebody at the top of the class right here and right now. I'm sure they've already called Kirby Smart. I'm sure he's using that as leverage for more money at Georgia. But certainly I would sure. think that Dan Lanning gets a phone call at some point. I would think that maybe even some of the two guys that I had on my radar were both former uh, Alabama assistants, and that's Steve Starkeesian and Lane Kiffin. All that to go say is that I do think that they're going to go after somebody who is in the know right now, who is successful in the new landscape of college football, uh, and somebody who's not going to be a retread or a risk. Now, it may be risky in the end, but I think that they're going to make a big splash higher, and I think it's going to happen soon. Yeah, I agree. And hey, not so fast on Bush Jones. He is 75 to 1. He's got the same oh. odds. He's got the same odds as Brian Dayball, former uh, state assistant, New York, New York Giants. Okay. And Ha Ha Clinton Dix is uh, <laughs> seventy five to one as well. Okay, so <laughs> that's <Ha>. good. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, great. I, I think I think like uh, you know, I think like three years ago it might have been Dabble, but he's kind yeah. of fallen off. Like, and he it hasn't evolved. You know, he hasn't really done the transfer. Doesn't do the NIL thing. And so I think Lanning would make sense. I think Lane Kiffin. I think you're right. Lane Kiffin would make a lot of sense. I don't know if Sark, because he's really built it up at Texas. Texas is a damn good job. But, like, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you know, SEC. I mean, Ole Miss is an okay job, but Alabama's a great job. It's a better job. Um, oh, so maybe it's yeah. like a Lane Kiffin. And you've seen you know, Lane Kiffin in the past, even though he just re-signed and didn't take the Auburn job, he flirted with it for a little while to get more money out of Ole Miss. But you know who Lane Kiffin is at his core, even with him being a seemingly better person this time, you know, in kind of these later years, as opposed to maybe about a decade ago, he's still a guy that that wants to be in the spotlight, that wants to be a prominent. I don't think Lane Kiffin is necessarily in the business of hey, I want to take a program who's struggling and get them back to relevancy. I think he's a guy who says, hey, I want a great team, I want a great program, and I want to just take that to the moon. Alabama could be a landing spot if they want to get a little risky and try to call him. Do you, do you think – I think that's not what I remember. All right, I'll ask a question then you, Clark. Uh, Rick, do you think uh, – do you got any good uh, Nick Saban stories? Do you, do you, I know it's 
it's kind of your prisoner in the moment. You're not really a historian. But, I mean, don't you think he's probably the, the greatest coach ever, or at least one of the greatest coaches ever? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's unquestionable. I think you just look at what he's able to, been able to do at Alabama in 17 years, uh, a dynasty where you where you rack up six national championships. I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. Uh, I do think that college football is leaning towards a you know a, the the rich get richer, but that's a streak that's that's unparalleled. That's something that that has not been done before, and I don't know if it will be done again. You've, you've got to give it up to to them, and I think that. The people who understand greatness the most are the ones that repeatedly get beat by it. Tennessee lost 16 out of 17 games to Nick Saban. They saw what that machine was able to do over time. They saw when it worked the best, how just deadly it was. So I think if anybody at least needs to give respect, it's teams like Tennessee. uh, It's teams who are in the SEC West who have just been beat for so unbelievably long. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's, this is all really interesting and, this really does shake the landscape of college football to its core. All right, Rick, uh, two, thing, two things. I thought Tennessee uh, played one of the best bowl games uh, this year. I thought that quarterback you kind of talked up this year, I mean, he, he impressed me, made Iowa's defense not look so great. And then what did you think of the national championship game? You know, I didn't think it was as great as the final four games, but, uh, where did, you know, where does Michigan stack up as a, what, fifth? 14 and 0, 15 and 0, uh, you know, national champion in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah, I'll start with the latter. Um, you know, it's funny. I, right before we came on here, I got this immediate vision of when I said, hey, I would take Georgia against the entire field. Georgia didn't even make it into the top four. So I will go ahead and throw my hand up and say, I, I can admit, uh, I couldn't have been more wrong on that pick, even though I still do believe them to be one of the best teams in the country. That being said, uh, I think that Michigan was dominant. And, and you know, they just out physical Washington to an incredible degree where it made the game so boring. You know, I, I don't watch a ton of Big Ten football, but it seemed like Big Ten football at its finest, where it just was, hey, we're going to power through you. We're going to run the ball. I actually thought that Michigan got away from the run game a little bit towards the end of the game when they could have just kept pounding it down their throats. They made Michael Penix Jr. look uh, look very uncomfortable throughout the entire night. It, it was just as dominating of a performance as I think that George's win over TCU was, even if the score didn't replicate it. So I was really impressed. I will say also, I, I, I thought Michigan was going to lose to Alabama. I thought that there was a chance that Michigan could lose to Washington. So I wasn't on the bandwagon the whole season, but they absolutely proved a point and they proved it really well with a statement win over Washington. Uh, but going back to Tennessee, though, We've talked about it. Quarterback Nico Iamaliava, the number one rated uh, player from On3 Sports in the 2023 class. You know, this is a guy that Tennessee has all the stock in in the world. They, they, you know, he was the reported $7 million quarterback back when NIL was kind of first taking off. And I'll say this right now, and it's not just because I've seen Tennessee, but I, it's it's – it's because I, I've heard so much around him. I'm buying my stock early, and, and I do think that he played a really great game against Iowa. Was it perfect? Of course not. It was never going to be. It was his first game starting in college, first game really playing in about a year since high school. But I thought there were so many lessons that could be taken away. And again, I don't even say that in a negative way. Just, hey, if this is your starting point, a 35-0 to zero win over Iowa and still some great lessons to take away over the offseason, then that's about as good of a starting point as anybody could have going into a season where they're truly being handed the keys to the offense. I think that he is going to be a, a statement uh, name in college football next year. And again, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I, I saw in that game – 
way more shades of what Hendon Hooker was able to do with the offense as opposed to what Joe Milton was able to do. After that first series, you were saying, whoa, I forgot that Tennessee wanted to move this fast, move at an eight to 10, uh, one play every eight to 10 second mark, as opposed to the 12 to 15 mark that kind of Joe Milton was going out. It was significant tempo. And I think that Nico was really able to run that in a similar fashion to how Hendon did. Now I'm not making that exact comparison because that's tough. And it was a Heisman contender, but I absolutely think that Nico is so well built for this Josh Heupel offense. I think that Josh Heupel is really going to get back to a lot of what the successful play calling was with Hendon, just because he is a quarterback that is so smart, can run that tempo. And I, th- I think that Tennessee still got a lot of flaws next year. The defense is, is, is really going to struggle, especially in the secondary with a lot of young players but I think that once again just like 2022 you're going to see Tennessee win some very high scoring shootout games and I think that Nico Iamaliava is going to be a conversation point throughout the whole college football season yeah I agree I thought that was a great it was a great statement I was got a great defense you know their offense obviously was beyond bad but the score 35 the worst the worst I've ever seen pound for pound at any level it was it was deplorable and Rick they won 10 games I mean, I that's, hard that's hard to it's, do. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's just that defense has been so good, and and I I don't know if they just they weren't ready for Nico with that change being made only about five days before the game. But yeah, it, it, that defense is still really good. I I, I take no, nothing away from them. Give them a lot of credit. But that that offense is just. I mean, it it needs to be studied on like a thirty for thirty one day. It, it is amazing to see. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just it it's it. What Iowa is, it's just it's cronyism, you know, and and you know have his son score. I mean, I'm pulling it up right now. They they got outscored 35 nothing in the bowl. They got outscored 26 nothing in the Big Ten championship. They beat Nebraska 13 10. They beat Illinois 15 to 13, and they beat they got beat by Rutgers 20, 20 Rutgers not no it's yeah. powerhouse won 22 nothing against them. Hey, former Tennessee so I, coach Greg Schiano. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, and for so a moment, was he there for yeah, three I, days. He was out. He, he never was <laughs> eating, right. It was right, about right. three. It was about three minutes. They let him go after three the revolt. Minutes. That it was about day. an hour. <laughs> it was about that was crazy, right? To be, to be legitimate, that that is still the craziest day that I've ever spent around uh, around college sports, and yeah. I haven't spent a ton of days around him. But being right there in the moment was insane. Hey, uh, let me just ask you. Uh, I'm gonna give you some thoughts. Uh, I did do a top twenty. Okay. okay. Um, I put Tennessee at fifteen. Is that too high, too low, or about right? I think that's a great spot for them. Maybe even a little bit optimistic. I, I think you're gonna see a lot of people, for the most part, have Tennessee in the fifteen to twenty range. I can see maybe a twenty-one if if. Some people really just aren't kind of believers in, in a one-hit wonder back in 2022. But I think you're right on the money. I think ultimately, if you look at what Tennessee was able to do in these last two seasons, the quarterback play means everything, right? The defense, yes, it, it was a little bit better uh, categorical and statistical this season. But at the same time, the, the defense is always going to have an uphill climb chasing that offense that runs so fast keeps them on the field for so long. The quarterback is truly what makes the offense go in in Josh Heupel's system. It's really what affects win-loss the most. I I think if you're looking at Tennessee and you believe that they do have a competent quarterback, I think you're starting them in that 15 to 17 range. I think if you're looking at Tennessee and saying, 
Well, I want to see it to believe it first. I think then you're maybe going down to the 17 to 20 range. So I'm with you. I, I have Tennessee right there at about 15 and kind of my hypothetical rankings as well. But I, I think you're onto something there. I really do. Okay. Um, Clark, anything hey, else you hey, want to ask? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Rick. So next year's the schedule breakdown from 2023 records, um, Tennessee actually has one of the easiest uh, uh, SEC schedules. Um, 79-73, only Missouri 65-84 and are the teams they played. So their schedule sets up for them to be pretty successful next year. Yeah, you know, they play three new teams on the schedule, Oklahoma being one. That's going to be really tough in the month of September, Tennessee's first true road contest. But then from the SEC West, they pick up Arkansas and Mississippi State. When you're doing this whole new revitalized SEC league, when you're already playing Alabama and Georgia every single year, picking up teams like Arkansas and Mississippi State in the same year, that sets you up nicely. And, and that really helps Tennessee sort of project towards that 9-3, and 10-2 region if they can sneak another upset win. So Tennessee certainly benefiting from a, a really nice, really favorable draw here in this new look SEC. Florida, 106-50. and 50. Ugh, they might not win three or four games. They have a miserable schedule. Miserable. And Bama's not far behind. Bama's a schedule of 97 and 58. So they have the second toughest, hypothetically toughest schedule of the SEC going into 2024. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Georgia and Alabama are going to have to play in the regular season for the first time in a long time coming up this year. So that's uh, especially when you talk to SEC folk, that's what people have been waiting for. Yeah, I believe it's a September game too. Yep, it's early. It's an early game, so no, that one's going to matter a lot. But huge Rick, test next year. Think about next year. It's going to be really interesting because you have the twelve team playoff, and then you have Oklahoma, Texas. You know, coming in the SEC, and then you have Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA joining the Big Ten, and then you got all the all the rest of the Pac twelve teams basically joining the Big 12, and then you got, you know, Stanford and Cal went to ACC. But, like, it, it's just going to be – it's such a different sport next year with the 12-team playoff. Like, I, I think I said it to you, Clark, the the schedule next year is just it, – it, it's crazy the, the the how the game – how many more games there are now with the 12-team playoff. And it's just going to be a massive t- – here's, here's round one. One run at home, Rick, is December 20th to t- December 21st. Then you have the quarterfinals, December 31st, January 1st. Then you have the semifinals, January 9th, January 10th. Then you have the championship, January 20th. Yeah. It's going it, to be so different. It's a lot to ask the college football viewer that is not invested in one of those 12 teams. Because if you're not one of those 12 teams, you either had a good year or a bad year. And uh, and I think that their biggest trouble when, they, when they're talking about January football is that, guys, we're only, what, a couple days away from the NFL playoffs starting. When the NFL playoffs start, that ball is rolling and it doesn't stop for anything. I really wonder if some people get some college football fatigue. I can't imagine that a lot of Arkansas fans, or not to take a cheap shot at Arkansas, but teams that go kind of 6-6, six 5-7 six, and seven on the year, I can't imagine that they're going to be want, want to watch, you know, 
eight more weeks of college football action. I think they're going to turn their attention to the NFL, just like a majority of America does. So I, I do see a lot of problems with, with kind of college football infringing on this NFL te- uh, playoff territory spot and, and seeing how that does. I think your, your top four teams, your final eight teams, I think, of course, they're going to be invested. But I really wonder about longevity. Now, maybe this one gets a pass because it's the first. It's interesting. People want to see how it turns out. But I do really wonder about those January games when it's infringing on NFL playoff territory and there's a lot of fans that are checked out of college football and they're just ready to move on to the nfl what the thing yeah. that is 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 two things i'll say is they should move the season up a week yeah now they start labor day you can move it up a week then everything gets moved up the second thing they're gonna have to do they gotta figure out what to do with the portal in the early signing period because this is the portal early signing period is been going on while their playoff game these coaches are gonna be working 120 hours a week they're already working like crazy. Four of them. Now you got all twelve. Yeah, how are they going to do that, Rick? You got the portal yeah. opening in the early signing period, and you got playoff They're games. Have to push it back. They're going to have to push that back. They can't. I, 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 yeah. I totally agree. I really think so. And even going back to the very beginning of our call. You have a, 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 what, like a 68-year-old Nick Saban sitting there trying to get his team ready for a playoff game, but he's also got to recruit 40 guys in his program to not have them leave before that game or leave after that game. I think that this is just turning into an absolute mess. Both Josh Heupel and Kirk Ferentz talked about it before the Citrus Bowl, and they were on the same page just saying, hey, look – the NFL is so great because there's a lot of uniformity and parity. If a team's not good for a couple of years, they're going to get draft picks. They're going to be good once again. Look at the Browns. Look at the Jets. College football, though, it, it's a wasteland. If you fall behind, you're going to get stepped on and you're going to get rolled over. The rich only continue to get richer. And, and that's why I do see some interesting things with with where the sport is going. I don't think it's dead. I'm not running around like like Chicken Little. But I do think that you look at a thing like the portal and you're like, how is this going to get under control? somebody's got to step up and figure it out until then everybody is just going to kind of be running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Hey Rick, I, I, got, hey, I got one more question for you. It's kind of a yes or no. Does Tennessee make the playoff in the next two years? Yeah, I'll say they, they make it uh, not this coming year, but the 2025 year. I think that Nico really is that good. I think that they've got some good pieces to work with him. I think they might be close this year, maybe one of those outside teams looking in. But I do think that under Nico Iamaliava, Tennessee does make it to a playoff at some point. I love it, and that's why I like this 12-team playoff. It brings up so many teams that probably had no shot to make the Final Four. Yeah, 100%. All right, Rick, thank you so much for coming on. We, we always love to have you on. We'll, we'll, Great season. We'll, catch, we'll check you awesome. next fall, buddy. Awesome season. Yeah, guys, it, it's been awesome. Thank you again for having me on throughout the year. Anytime you need me, give me a call. Give me a text. I'll be right here for you guys. But y'all take it easy. Be good. Uh, we'll see how Tennessee does in basketball season. Give a cheer if you could. Uh, but otherwise, can't wait to talk to you guys soon down the road. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. See you guys. Go I love the guy. Yeah, he's really he's good. He's the best in the business. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's well, the coach, end. It's the end. This is it. This is what year kind of two and a half. I know I was I the first year. What was it? Probably four or five times. Guessed four or five, four or five weeks. Um, boy, this has got to be close to whatever prior thirty or forty, probably thirtieth show together. I'd say somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, we, we we did last year and the year before you jumped on a lot. So this is my third year doing it. It's a lot of fun, and I appreciate you and uh, 
all your homer, all your uh, hate, and uh, I, I don't mind it. It's all right. He's wearing a Michigan hat. It's okay. I'm telling you, you know, coach. I, I've had to live in a world. I, I've mellowed a little bit, I think, in my little older age because I've accepted that Michigan won a national championship. Good for them, and uh, maybe we can get one in the next couple of years. You know, I, and, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that the playoff goes from a four to twelve team playoff because I, have, I have a feeling that Ohio State is going to be right there next year. You, you, I, you know, listen. I, you can call me a troll, a hater, whatever you want to call me, but man, their team, they're they're stacking up to be a hell of a football team next year. But thankfully, they're going to have to win three games to to get the, to get the national championship to win the national championship. That's going to make it a lot harder. A team with a lot of depth, like Georgia, I think just I, I, they're hard to pick against. They have so much depth. It's going to be a it's going to be a year of attrition. Well, but that's year. what like like Kevin Wagner and I were texting because Travion Henderson has not made a decision yet, and a lot of people think he's coming back. So Travion Henderson comes back, and they got Junkins coming from Old Miss. Those two are like one and one a running backs, but it's like you made the point you're going to play so many more games now with the playoff probably. So you need multiple running backs. So it, it, you're right. That's a good point. And it just like, like this year, like Georgia lost. I mean, if we had a 12 team playoff this year, you don't know if Michigan wins at all. I mean, Georgia could have won at all, you know, Georgia, I mean, they probably, if it's a 12 game, 12 team playoff, I wouldn't be shocked. If they would even put Georgia in the top four. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's it is still like surreal to think that Nick Saban's gone. I mean, it's crazy. The, you know, it's just like he's it's seventy-two, sad, but, it, just, but I didn't think sad, it, he was though. done yet. No, because right? he does look good. What's Joe? What was Joe? What was Joe Paterno? Eighty, eighty-one. Oh, he's he been Oh, all these Penn State fans on Twitter like, oh yeah, see, he's never gonna break his record. He was never gonna break Joe Bob's record. Joe Bob's was there for like forty years. Yeah. You know, ah, come on. Uh, you know, Saban's a better coach than Joe Bob. No offense to Joe Bob. But I mean, he did a great job while he was there. Like like that stuff's over. I mean, are we ever gonna see a coach like like Saban's there seventeen years, right? I mean that's a long time. At Alabama what what Kirby does Kirby step away? Does he go to the NFL? He's a guy that I think it translates. I don't know. He's so young, man. I don't know. I think he's just there forever and and God, he's 48. Wow. He's your age. <laughs> he coached another 30 years. Yeah. Jeez. He's got he's got what, 24 years to coach, yeah. Shit, he could win ten if he if this keeps up. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what like, like you know, like Coach K never left. I know it's basketball, but Coach K never left, right? I know you're a Duke guy. You know, it, but that era's kind of over. Like the money is so good that you could just Kirby could go buy a beach, could go buy an island right now. The money is so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, back then you're making one, two, two million dollars. Now they now a good assistant's making three. You know, and then, you, the, and then and then the stress is so much higher because of social media and everything. Like you said, our phones. I don't know. Like, like I'll give you an example. That the, the guy, uh, the Rams head coach, like he's year to year. McVeigh is yeah. like because he, you know, he does. He, he has a young kid. He doesn't want to work 80, 90 hours. He wants to raise his kid. He's, you know, you're going to see more of an era where you see like a McVay who probably takes two or three years off, does TV, 
you know, makes eight, nine million a year doing TV because he's really good. Yeah. And then he'll go back to the NFL. Like, you're going to see it, I think. Yeah. I really hope Saban's on TV next year. CBS, Fox. Yeah, I think game day is an easy transition. Easy transition for him. He'd just be so good. You know, you keep him around the game. I mean, I just – I'd love to I, – I, I would be must-see TV. If he was, like, did one of his breakdowns, like, I would be, like, I'm watching every one of them because it's Nick Saban. Because, like, Nick yeah. Saban's probably good at everything he ever did. Like, has he ever failed? I mean, I guess he failed in the NFL, but I think no, he, he got good reasons right now. But, like, yeah, it, it, it's kind of crazy to think. So, all right, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much, Clark. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing it. We'll come back at, in the fall – with the college football live with a whole new world. We'll see who gets the Alabama job. We'll see who gets, you know, other jobs. We'll see what else craziness happens. You know, uh, as you know, a lot of college football writers think there is no off season in college football. It is 365 days a year. It's yeah. crazy. I, so I appreciate we'll it. Yeah. You put a lot of work so into this. Yeah. yeah. You put a lot of work into this, putting the script together and, and getting our guests and appreciate that. It's a, it's a, it's, it's awesome to do. Um, I guess we'll probably see you in August, right? We'll come back better than ever. Yeah, we will see you in August. Thank you so much for listening. And go Bucks! For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com.